0: so not just to be satisfied just to have our own needs met but also to meet the needs of others and that's the little birds coming into your branches so father we thank you for this morning we thank you for every person that gives today whether um, they're giving uh, you know at home online or giving here in an envelope here in the bod- in this building lord we just pray right now lord that that seed would reproduce in their lives Lord, you said that, you know, that if we give, it will be given back to us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And Lord, we just thank you for those people, particularly those people who are maybe struggling in their finance or need a job or need a breakthrough, need accommodation, Lord. We just just thank you for that seed, that miracle seed that's going into the ground today into your kingdom, Lord, that it's going to produce a mighty harvest. In Jesus' name, we bind all lack. We bind every spirit of poverty. And Lord, we also bind just any greed that we would not withhold from you what belongs to you. The tithe belongs to the Lord. And so, Father, we just repent if we've had a heart, Lord, to, to withhold or to hold back rather than to be a blessing. Lord, we want to be... A good stewards of what you've blessed us with this morning in jesus name so we thank you father as we give we give cheerfully and we give with expectation knowing that you are a faithful god that you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think or imagine so if we could just pass around the baskets this morning or if you're giving through paypal on your phones the details are on the screen amen
1: You're also welcome in the presence of the Lord. So good to have you here. Amen. And uh, so we're going to be finishing uh, our series called Unstoppable. And um, we're just going to read together, if we can have it on the screen. Matthew chapter 16, for one last time. Verse 13. If we can read together and read out loud. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men... ...say that I, the Son of Man, am. So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. <coughs> Excuse me. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven... And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen. You see, we are his church, purchased with his blood, and hell will not prevail against us. Amen. We are his church, called by his name, filled with his spirit, sanctified by his blood, called by his purpose, and hell will not and cannot prevail against us. We are unstoppable. And when we get that revelation, it changes everything because hell will not have its way because we are loved, we are called, we are set apart for God's purposes. We are more than conquerors. We are victorious in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, we are unstoppable. We become unstoppable firstly when we discover our righteousness. You see, Jesus Christ is our righteousness, and when you get that revelation, it sets you free, because you no longer, you know, wonder whether or not God loves you, you're not looking for a feeling, you're not looking for, you know, to somehow feel some angel's wings, or, uh, you know, for God to send a sign to show that He loves you, When you discover your righteousness, it changes everything. You know, the Bible says in the book of Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 6, it declares that the very name of God is the Lord our righteousness. Um, in his days it says, Judah will be saved, and this is his name by which we shall be called, the Lord our righteousness. And that is uh, Jehovah Sidkenu, that is one of the names of God. And I think that would be a wonderful series to, uh, you know, to do, but uh, you know, the names of God, that's Jehovah Sidkenu. Because it's a revelation of righteousness that enables us to reign. R- uh, Romans 5 verse 17 says, much more those who receive abundance of grace... And the gift of righteousness shall reign as kings in life by one man, Jesus Christ. You see, righteousness enables us to reign. Amen. You can reign in life. You don't have to be going through life like a pauper, you know, uh, just full of anxiety, full of despair, full of fear, you know, worried about this, that or the other. No, it's righteousness sets us free. And secondly, we become unstoppable when we discover our authority. Mark chapter 1 and verse 21 uh, talks about the authority the Christ Walks in immediately went to Capernaum on the Sabbath. He entered the synagogue and he taught. And they were astonished at his teaching. And you know, as the church, we need to come back to teaching the Bible. Uh, We need to drop the woke lectures and the trendy TED talks and all of the psychobabble that's been, you know, put out there in the name of preaching. Uh, We need to come back to teaching the Word of God. That's what Jesus did. He taught people the Bible. Amen. And so if you're watching, your pastor never opens a Bible, you need to get a new pastor. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Praise the Lord. So Jesus taught the people. You know, I've been to, you know, worship conferences and uh, I've been, I'm not going to name where, but I've been in places where, you know, everybody's just so arty farty and they're just like, You know, they're carrying blankets into the worship. They're lying down. I'm lying before the Lord. And, uh, you know, worshiping for hours. You know, three, four hours. People are just there. I'm just lying before the Lord. I remember I was at one of these. And there was a minister who had been here from America. He had been in Ireland for 20 years. And he was going back home. After investing something in the region of 15 or 20 years of his life in this nation. And uh, they said, this is after hours of worship. People are there to us. There was hundreds of people, probably four or five hundred people in the, in the tent. And um, <laughs> they said, this man is just going to come up and he's going to pray a prayer. It's like somebody left off a fart machine. Everybody was just running for the exits. There was like 50 people left in the place. You know, a couple of minutes earlier, there'd been, you know, probably four or five hundred people. But, you know, you mentioned prayer. People are gone. And so this is why we need to come back um, uh, You know, and drop some of this kind of, uh, this subjective, uh, you know, your emotions, your feelings, your... uh, Because a lot of it is just narcissistic, and it's based on the flesh. I believe in worship, but I just as well, I I believe in prayer, and I, I certainly believe in the Word. And we have to have a foundation of the Word of God, in Jesus' name, amen? So I'd encourage you, bring your Bible to church, okay? If it goes, it's not a Bible it's a phone. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Amen. So anyway, uh, it says, Jesus went into the synagogue. What did he do? He taught. He taught the people the word of God. And uh, anyway, it says, now there was a, and he says, they were astonished. He's teaching for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Now, there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, "Uh, be quiet, and come out of him. And uh, it says, and when the unclean spirit had convulsed him, he cried out with a loud voice, and he came out of him. And they were all amazed, as they questioned among themselves, saying, what is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him and immediately his fame spread throughout all the region around Galilee. Lord I just pray today in Jesus name that you would bring this message to life and you would enable us Lord not to be just hearers of the word but doers thereof in Jesus name and all the people said amen. We become unstoppable when we discover our authority. We see that Jesus walked in authority. And he also said, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means harm you. So the question is this, are we using the authority God has given to us? Anyway, I've dealt with those two um, uh, subjects in, in depth. Um, what I want to do today is just deal with the final one, and that that is this. We become unstoppable when when we discover our destiny. How many of you know that you have a destiny? Amen? You're not an accident. God has a plan. He has a purpose. Amen? And so this is why Jesus said, um, uh, I say to you, you are Peter. Jesus said to Peter, who uh, do men say that I am? And they, they went out with all the answers. And then he brought it more specifically to the point of, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ. And then Jesus said uh, to Peter uh, in, in verse... <clears throat> Blessed are you, Simon bar verse 17. For flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter... And on this rock, I will build my church. You know, it's interesting that in the Greek, um, uh, that word, uh, Peter, is... uh, Praise the Lord, I had it this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Petros, which means a rock. But the word, the very next word he uses when he says, um, on this rock, that word is is, uh, Petra, which uh, means a a large, massive rock, like the rock of Gibraltar. And so... in this moment i believe jesus was revealing uh, peter's destiny and and you know i think it's amazing that it's only when peter discovered who jesus was that that peter discovered who peter was and this is why for many of us life just didn't make sense until we got saved Uh, until we got saved there was a confusion we knew we were searching for something we just didn't know what because ultimately it is God who knows your identity he knows who you are he knows what you're called to do he knows everything about you and so Peter only discovered who he was or he only discovered his destiny after he discovered who Christ was and and yes even though he he certainly stumbled uh, through his very public denial of Christ uh, three times. Uh, You know, he denied Christ in a moment of panic and and, and weakness. And, And yet in spite of that, the Lord ensured that he didn't fall. And so, yes, he stumbled, but ultimately he didn't fall because the Lord kept him back from being dismissed or destroyed. And I thank God for that because I don't know about you, I've stumbled many times. And I'm, you know, I'm your pastor, and I know some of you have some. So, praise the Lord. We're all in the same boat on that one. Um, but this is what we need to understand. Uh, every one of us, at times in our lives, ha- have stumbled and, and, and fall. And, and here we see Peter sinned. But in, st- in spite of the fact that he sinned, he still had a destiny. God had a destiny for him. Uh, Luke chapter 22 um, I always think pressure reveals who we are. Um, <laughs> so many times, uh, you know, I, I feel, you know what, Lord, I've come so far. And then the pressure comes on, and you know what? You can get into the flesh really quick, and, and, and you can let your standards uh, fall, and, you know, uh, speak a word out of your mouth, or say something that you, you maybe haven't seen said in, in a long time. But but this this is the problem. You know, pressure can reveal who we are but you know nobody was under pressure like Christ was under pressure you know in the garden of Gethsemane he was under so much pressure he literally sweated blood from his forehead and and yes in the midst of all of the pressure uh, of all that was going on in that moment uh, you know the Lord uh, is so good he's so loving and the Lord said Simon Simon indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat but I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you've returned to me, strengthen your brethren. You know, the Lord was saying to Peter, I know that you're going uh, to, to, to fail me. I know you're going to, to fall. I know you're going to stumble. Uh, but you know what? Uh, your failure is not final. And I think that's a beautiful thing to, to, for us to remind ourselves of that, you know what? Our failures aren't final. Because God's hand is on our lives. And I, I think it's, it's a beautiful thing to think that the Lord believed in Peter. And, and, and just as the Lord believed in Peter, the Lord believes in us. Amen? And, and this is the thing. He saw destiny when Peter only saw despair. Uh, he saw destiny when Peter only saw defeat. You see, the Lord believes in us. He's the God of mercy. Lamentations 3 and verse 22 It is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. You see, Peter would have liked to have consumed Peter with guilt and shame and and regret and mental anguish. And yet, the Lord lovingly reached out to Peter. And and the devil didn't prevail in his plans because God's grace kept him from darkness and destruction. And you know what? I believe it's only in eternity that some of us will have our eyes opened to the amount of times the Lord pulled us back from the edge. The amount of times the Lord sheltered us with his wings. When Satan had planned to take our lives to destroy us or to, you know, uh, do what he does, which is rob, steal and destroy. Mark 16 and verse 1, Saturday evening when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, the mother of James and Salome, went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone from the entrance to the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled away. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel said, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who is crucified. He isn't here. Glory to God. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. So the the angel comes, appears to the women, they're utterly shocked, and the angel says to them, you know, go and tell his disciples, including Peter. And I think that's so beautiful that the Lord, you know, emphasizes that Peter is still included. Because everybody assumed, including Peter more than anybody else, that he was disqualified. And you know what? At times, we have done things, we've said things, we've been places, uh, you know, that we feel utterly disqualified us from ever being loved or called or used by God. But this is the beautiful thing. God has a destiny for us. And His destiny is bigger than our failures, than our mess, than our past, than our weaknesses, and than our struggles. Amen? And so, the Lord goes before us. Just like He said to the disciples, the Lord is going before you. Amen? He goes before us, and not only does he go before us, he goes behind us. He, his love surrounds us, and that's why I love Patrick's breastplate. You know, Christ with me, Christ above me, Christ behind me, Christ at my right hand side, Christ at my left, Christ in my lying down, Christ in my rising up. Patrick had that revelation of Emmanuel, God, with us. Amen? The Lord is with us. Amen? And he has a plan. He has a destiny. Amen? And so, just as he refused to let go of Peter, so too he holds on to every one of us. Even when we're like little kids and we're struggling to break free and we're struggling to go after this and after that, each time the Lord just lovingly you know, brings us back into his will. You know what? We're in the grip of grace. God's grace has a grip on our lives. Amen? And so even when others walk away, even when we give up on ourselves, love does not let go. God's love has a hold on your life. And this is the beautiful thing, the love of God is still calling your name in spite of what you've done, in spite of where you've been, God's love is calling your name. Now this doesn't mean that we preach a wishy-washy gospel, that you can do what you want, live as you want. That's not right. That's not, it's not biblical. If you belong to Jesus, live holy. Thank you for that completely subdued response. If you love Jesus, live holy. Amen? Amen? Walk in the light, not in the darkness. (laughs) But even when we fall short, the love of God still calls our name. Just as he called Peter's name. And this is why John chapter uh, 21. We see here the Lord, uh, just before he ascends to heaven. He has a discussion with Peter. And I think it's very profound thinking that Peter denied Christ three times. And after breakfast, uh, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. Here, Jesus reveals Peter's destiny. He's called to feed uh, the flock of God. And uh, this, is, this is, you know, the privilege that uh, uh, pastors that we are given is to teach the Word of God, and He said to them a second time, "Simon, son of uh, Jonah, do you love Me?" He said to him, "Yes, Lord, You know that I love You." He said, "Feed My sheep." And He said to him a third time, "Simon, son of Jonah, do you love Me?" Peter was grieved because He said to Him the third time, "Do you love Me?" He said, "Lord, You know all things. You know that I love You." Jesus said to Him, "Feed My sheep." And you know here, Christ emphasizes the importance of feeding the sheep, feeding the flock of God, whether they're lambs, whether they're sheep. Whether they're younger in the faith. Or whether they've been around since Noah. I'm <laughs> not looking. I'm not going to look at anybody. I'm staring at my Bible. Uh, anyway. He said. Most assuredly I say to you. When you were younger. You girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old. You will stretch out your hands. And another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. Hallelujah. God is a God of restoration. In spite of Peter's denial. In spite of his failure, Jesus shows that he has a plan. He has a destiny for Peter. And then he said, to, this he said, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Amen. How many of you have answered that call to follow him? Glory to Jesus. There's no other life worth living than a life lived for Christ. C.T. stood, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last Amen? And so Peter, the Lord showed Peter that in spite of his gross dereliction of duty, that God still had a plan for him. He still had a destiny because God's grace is greater than our sin. Thank God our history doesn't have to determine our destiny. Amen? Where we have been doesn't have to determine where we are going. Amen? And so God sends an angel who mentions Peter by name so that he would know that he was still included and that God wasn't finished with him. And, you know, from this time on, Peter would forever be a God-marked man, a man on a mission, a man who was focused. You know, he would never, uh, you know, fall short, you know, in that area. Um, and, and so, you know, he, till his final breath, he lived uh, for the Lord, why he became an unstoppable force, because he now understood his destiny, he knew who he was, and what he was called to do, and this is why Peter was able to sleep between two soldiers, the night before his show trial by Herod, where he would most likely be executed the very next morning, think about it, if you were facing execution the next morning, and, 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 and again, Herod was more than capable, he was a, a very ruthless um, uh, individual, um, you know, if you thought you were going to be executed uh, the next morning, most likely you wouldn't be sleeping. But here, Peter is asleep. Even though he's chained to two soldiers, the soldiers outside the door, you know, there's, there's no way he's getting out of this one. And yet, he's, a, he's asleep. You know, the Bible says the peace of God that passes understanding. Acts 12 and verse 6 in the message. Then the time for her to bring him out, uh, Then the time came for Herod to bring him out for the kill. That night, even though shackled to two soldiers, one on either side, Peter slept like a baby. And there were guards at the door, keeping their eyes on the place. Herod was taking no chances. Why was Peter able to sleep? Peter was able to sleep because he understood his destiny. He knew he wasn't old yet. Jesus said, when you're old, they're going to take you. And you're going to be crucified. Peter wasn't old. Peter had that revelation. This may look like it's fin- it may look like it's over, but I know God still has a destiny. God still has a plan. And maybe you're here today and you you may f- feel like you're shackled to some things. Maybe it's death, or maybe it's a sickness, or maybe some situation in your family or in your marriage, or some situation in your life that you you literally have no answers and you know of no way out of that situation. God has a way. Amen. God has a plan. God has a destiny. And you need to take your eyes off where you are to where God is going to bring you in Jesus' name. Amen. And so anyway, this is why Peter had that that, that peace. And in the same way, in these tumultuous times, you can have a peace that passes understanding. A peace that will enable you to sleep like a baby when everybody else is up at night worrying about their problems amen you see we don't have to wait until the answer comes amen we, we don't have to wait you know to have that peace we don't have to wait uh, we don't have to to wait until the change comes when we're going to rejoice you can rejoice right now because you know God is on this this situation God is working you might not see it you might not know where the, the breakthrough is coming from, but you know breakthrough is on its way because you have a destiny. God has called your name. He knows you. He loves you. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Could somebody say thank you, Jesus? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Jeremiah chapter 29, 11. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good and not for evil to give you hope and a future. I remember, I think it was Guilherme once said, he said, Pastor, I think you preach that verse in just about every sermon you give. And, uh, but you know what, it's, 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 it's just so encouraging to know the creator of the universe knows your name. And that he has a plan for you. And, and it, it, it takes, you know, a lot of the anxiety out of living. Because Jeremiah twenty nine eleven 11 shows us that God has a plan even when we don't. And quite frequently, we don't have a plan. But God has plans for us that we're not even aware of. But if we were, we would be dancing. We would be rejoicing. We would have such a big smile on our face. And that's why, again, I remember the man who led me to the Lord 30 years ago used to say, If you're saved, tell your face. Amen? Because the best is yet to come. Eyes not seen, nor ear heard, nor of to heart to man. All the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And so we know this, that if we love God, God has things prepared for us. God has plans for us. He has good things in store. Things we haven't seen, things we haven't imagined. The Bible says He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or imagine. What's the biggest thing you could dream of right now? God can do something bigger in Jesus' name. God is able. Amen. He is, just say it today, God is able. Amen. Ron Canoli. God, how many of you remember Ron Cannoli? (laughs) I was was driving to church this morning, I was playing some darling check and and my my little girl Naomi said, Who's that? I said, may God forgive you. (laughs) It's a sign you're getting old. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Psalm 139 and verse 16. God has plans for us and those plans are good. Psalm 139. And verse 16, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Before you ever took a breath, before you were ever conceived, before your mother ever started to to, to show, before, before any of this ever happened, God had already ordained your life. He had already written the days of your life. You know, this is what the Bible says in the book of Ephesians. We are his masterpiece. And, and, and when you understand that, you realize you're not an accident. You, you, you have a purpose. There is a, a, there is a destiny. And here it says that all in your book, they were written. The days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. And so we are included in God's plans And He's already planned out our path. And that's why we only need to trust God to lead us step by step and day by day. Amen. Just one day at a time with Jesus. You don't have to worry. You're included in God's plans. And because in the same way as God had a plan for Peter, God has a plan for you. Amen. And so remind yourself of that. Because even when it seems like all hope is lost, even when it seems like everything has gone wrong, God has a plan that is bigger than your past. Amen. He has a plan that is bigger than your past, bigger than your pain, bigger than your problem. Um, you know, we see there was a young woman called Esther and she had experienced pain and loss at a very young age. She had lost both of her parents and uh, she was taken uh, care of by Mordecai, her uncle. And um, not only had she uh, lost her parents, she was uh, she'd, you know, she was living in a foreign land, far from Israel. She was living in, in a nation called Iran. Back then it was known as, as Persia. Praise the Lord. Bring freedom to Iran in Jesus' name. God bless those brave ladies. Amen. We bless Iran. Come on, just bless Iran in the name of Jesus. We declare freedom and liberty in Jesus' name from every dictatorship, every lie, every plan of the enemy to enshrine uh, uh, himself over that place. We declare liberty over that freedom, uh, freedom over that nation in the name of Jesus Christ. God loves the Iranian people. They are precious to him and they have a a, a very, very long history and and it it, it predates Islam. Amen. God has a purpose for that people and I pray they're going to come to know the living God in Jesus' name amen so anyway uh, God has a plan and uh, Esther like I said she was uh, she was forced to live in a foreign land and and culture and yet God speaks to this young woman and declares to her surely you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this uh, because when you think about uh, the, the times that she was living in, God takes this young woman who to all intents and purposes in that time and in that nation was uh, in that society was utterly uh, helpless. Uh, during the week we were in carry together and she was, she was just talking about how sometimes you can be tempted to panic when you see all of the craziness, all of the sin, all of the perversion, all of the confusion that characterizes our age. And, um, you know, she said it's so important to remind yourself that it's not an accident. God had us born now, you know, that he didn't have us born a century ago or two centuries ago. You know, we, we have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. We must understand that, you know, God didn't make a mistake. He has us in this time. And you know what? If God brought us to it. He's going to bring us through it in Jesus' name, no matter what may come, no matter what may come or what we may face or how crazy things may get. We believe God's purposes will prevail in Jesus' name, amen? So anyway, um, God speaks to this this young woman. God uses her to bring deliverance. Psalm 105 in verse 16, it says, Moreover, he called for a famine in the land. He destroyed all the provision of bread. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons. Until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. And the Bible says in the book of Daniel, he changeth the times and the seasons. Here it says about Joseph, until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. I mean, Joseph didn't look like a success when he was rejected by his own brothers and thrown into a pit. He, he certainly didn't look like a success when he was being dragged off in chains after being sold as a slave. I mean, he didn't look like a success when he was you know a slave in, in Potiphar's house and you know when he was accused by Potiphar's wife, uh, wrongly accused of adultery and thrown into prison. I mean, people could have looked at him and said, look at you and your dreams. Look where your dreams have brought you. Who, who, who do you think you are talking about how God has a plan and a destiny for you? And that's the way some of you might feel today. You might feel a little ridiculous. <laughs> I've been there frequently in my life. I remember particularly the earlier years of our church when, you know, if we had six or seven people in the service, we thought we were in full-blown revival. Revival. But you know what? You have to learn to tune out the lies of the accuser. Because you'll never fulfill your destiny as long as you're listening to the devil. The Bible says he is a liar and the father of lies. The Bible says Satan comes to rob, to kill, to destroy. I've come that you might have life and have more abundantly. One of the things he comes to kill is not just human life. He comes to kill dreams. He loves to kill people's dreams. He loves to kill people's destinies. You know, there's never a young person that, that, you know, overdoses or dies before their time that the devil is rejoicing because that is another destiny that's that's not been fulfilled. And I think it's tragic, and it's not God's will. Amen? We have to fight to fulfill our destiny. And the first thing you do is you learn to tune out the lies of the enemy in Jesus' name. Amen? So, uh, praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Um, I, 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 I didn't prepare this but I just want to touch on this for a moment in, in Mark chapter 5 uh, it says <clears throat> verse 22 and behold one of the rulers of the synagogue came uh, Jairus by name and when he saw me, fell at his feet and begged him earnestly my little daughter lies at the point of death come lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live And so Jesus went to them, and a great multitude followed and thronged him. This man was in a desperate situation. Because, you know, your children are part of your legacy. You're you're one with them. They're they're so precious to you. Um, You know, I know for myself, you know, boys are are, are such a blessing. But, but, you know, there's something about the girls. They just melt your heart. Uh, I mean, you know, you love all your kids, but you love them differently. You know, boys are a lot of fun. You can... You know, wrestle and you know throw them through the air and and just boys are a lot of fun now, i I remember when I had my f- my first child, he was a boy, and i I was delighted because I was able to go back into toy shops and you know buy toys, for I mean, it was just a lot of fun, but uh, you know, your little girl comes and it just they just melt your heart. Now later on, they can melt your head. That's a different issue.) <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> but you still love them. <laughs> um, I'm not talking about my kids. I'm talking about yours. Um, <laughs> but but this man was was so moved, you know, by his desire to to help his his little baby girl, that 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 he. He violated all of the, the expectations of the time because he was a ruler of the synagogue. They didn't acknowledge Jesus. They didn't believe in him. They didn't want to honor him. And yet he just all, broke all protocol and most likely lost his job by coming to Jesus. Um, uh, and, and that's what love does. L- love will enable you to go beyond your comfort zone and and go beyond where people say you can go. And this man was so desperate. He comes to Jesus. My little girl is dying. And um, I'm not going to go into there was a woman with an issue of blood, and she kind of held things up. And I'm sure he was there. Jesus, I wish you, you know, my, because he knew his daughter was in her her her, her dying moments. And um, anyway, it says while they are still speaking, verse 35. Some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. I believe that is a word for us right now in this season. Okay, because there's, you know, it doesn't matter what way you look at the world, you know, economically, politically, uh, you know, governmentally, uh, you know, even our education systems. I mean, it's, it's, you know, these are uncertain times. Um, even right now, I know we have a uh, they're trying to push through a hate speech uh, bill which, you know, if passed, will, will uh, you know, have radical consequences for anybody who preaches the gospel, uh, particularly in regards to, to gender. And I, I'm telling you right now, I will never pretend that a man is a woman. Never. I'm not going to do it. I'm not that stupid. Never going to do it. So they're going to have to build big jails because I'm not going. It's and I know a lot of other Christians that feel the exact same way. And um, I just think it's ironic, you know, when even the media play along with this. You know, there was I was just reading the last day where this this man decided he was somehow a woman. He was put into a, a, a I think it was a woman's prison. Uh, and he uh, ended up assaulting them, uh, uh, but it, and, and they still refer to th- this criminal as a woman, she, as, as she. And it's, it's immoral, it's disingenuous, it's unbiblical, it's unscientific, and it's, you know, peak insanity for me. It's an indication of how our society is on a tangent uh, to utter destruction. And, you know, we've got to pray for, for mercy, for our society, but I certainly don't want to uh, see little children being indoctrinated uh, into this stupidity. And uh, and I pray that that hate, that that so-called hate speech bill. Because listen, just because you call it hate speech doesn't mean it's hate speech. It may just actually be scientific, biblical fact. And if you get triggered, okay, if you get triggered by the fact, you know that that that. People won't endorse your dysfunction and people won't enter into your fantasy world whereby you're born as a man and now somehow you're magically a woman. If you get offended by that, then be offended. But I'm not going to change and the truth is not going to change. And the first chapter of Genesis is not going to change. He made the male and female. Oh, pastor, you talk about these things too much. They are relentlessly, relentlessly pushing this agenda. I'm not going to back down. You know, there's a beauty in femininity. There's a beauty in masculinity. And there's a demonic agenda to confuse those things. Because women need men just as men need women. And Satan wants to destroy the image of God in man, in women. And uh, we can't play along with it in Jesus' name. But while he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, Your daughter is dead. That's the way some of you might feel right now. The verdict has been given you failed, that's it, it's over, it didn't happen, you, you can never get beyond what you've done, what you've done, where you've been, what you said, how you failed, etc., you feel maybe your life from now on is defined by the fact that you, know, you were in prison, or maybe you, you were divorced, or, or, or maybe you failed morally in some area, well if you were to do that, you'd have to start to rip a, a lot of pages out of the Bible. You know, Moses was a a murderer. I mean, Jacob was a a, a liar. Uh, You you know... Peter denied Jesus Christ, I mean, you look at many of the men and women that, that, that God, you know, he was able to redeem the situation, and that's the beautiful thing we serve, of a God who is a redeemer, and so even when the world comes in and says, it's over, it can't happen, you can never go beyond it, you're, you're forever going to be defined by the fact that you were a con, or that you were, you know, a drug addict, or that you were this, or you were that, or you were the other, No. No, no, in Jesus' name. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen? That's what it says in the book of Revelation. Behold, I make all things new. How many of you are glad we serve a God who can make things new in your life? Glory to Jesus. I don't know about you. I would hate for my life to be up on that TV screen and for you to see my lowest moments. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his mercy. Sometimes we're trying to remind God of things that he no longer remembers because in his eyes, they no longer exist. That's the beautiful thing of God's grace. He forgives us. He cleanses us. He delivers us. And you know what? Even when nobody else believes in us, he believes in us. Even when we don't even believe in ourselves, he still does. He has a destiny. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Do you know that that's God speaking to you? You figure in God's plans. And so they came because this man, it was his daughter, he she was his world. This beautiful little girl that you know he, he when she was born he was looking into her little eyes and he was just captivated by this little baby and she grew to become a girl I don't know what age she was exactly but she was she was still relatively young and then to hear those words that he had been dreading for days or weeks or maybe even months he had been dreading to hear those words and they just walk in in such a matter-of-fact way you could see these people couldn't care less She's dead. Don't bother the teacher any longer. This is the beautiful thing about the gospel. Is When you read the gospel, you discover this. If it bothers you, it bothers him. If it troubles you, it troubles him. The Bible says he's always thinking of us and watching everything that concerns us. Do you understand? If it concerns you, it concerns him. Nobody else might care. And that's something we need to remind ourselves. You know, sometimes say to yourself, nobody cares. (laughs) That's the reality. But he cares. He cares. And this is why they walked in and said to him, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Let me say this yes there's no doubt there's a lot of crazy agendas at play right now on a global level on a local level it doesn't matter what way you look at things but you know what when you refuse to give in to fear they lose their power over you those individuals and I believe many of them are sold out to Satan you know what are, like I said, you look at the w e f and all of the you know pushing and, 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 and manipulating and conniving going on there with their plan to reimagine society, recreate society in their image, whereby you will be utterly destitute or you will be just eating worms and somehow happy. Uh, Those those plans are not going to prevail. Those plans are not going to prevail. They're not going to prevail. They can scheme, they can plan, they can plot. You know, all of these various nefarious agendas that are playing. We saw them during COVID. The propaganda, the lies, the deception. People were so full of terror. I mean, some people, I believe, literally died of fear during that season. Fear got such a grip on them. They couldn't sleep. They couldn't function. People were having panic attacks because they were being drip fed this fear. But it's amazing that when when you decide, you know what, I'm not going to give in to fear. The Bible says submit to God, resist the devil. He will flee from you. You have to resist fear like it's the devil because it comes from the devil. Because the Bible says God has not given you a spirit of fear. God has not given you a but one of power, love, and a sound mind. Oh, but Pastor John, I'm just being responsible. No, you're being bound by fear. I don't know about you, I have no intention of wasting my life, locked away from humanity, full of terror and anxiety, living my life virtually through a screen. That's not how I'm going to live. That's not how God wants you to live. He came that we would have life and have it more abundantly. And that's why Jesus said to this man, and he says it to us, do not be afraid, only believe. Only believe that God's plan is bigger than your past. Only believe that God's future is brighter than the bleak one being portrayed through the media and through these various globalist organizations who want to create a subdued, controlled Fearful populace who will be manipulated at their will to do what they want. No, hell no, in Jesus' name. (laughs) Hell no. That's what Jesus said to this man. He looked at him and said, Hell no. Don't accept the verdict, don't believe the lie. Don't surrender. There's a time to stand. After having done all to stand, stand there for, You know why the Bible said that? Because there will be times when you will be tempted to quit. There will be times when you will be tempted to listen to the lies that the devil is whispering in your ear. And this is why, again, nobody can stop your destiny. Not even the devil himself. Only you can. If you listen to his lies and you quit, And you walk away. And you know what? It happens every day. People quitting their marriage. People quitting their children. People quitting their hopes and their dreams. Because they have listened to the lies of the enemy. But Jesus said, don't be afraid. Only believe. But Pastor John, uh, I, 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 I was watching the news at 6 o'clock. Yeah, and that that is designed to cause you to be fearful. You know why so many people are struggling with anxiety and fear? You know why some of you are struggling with anxiety and fear? You never put this stupid thing out of your hand. You never put it out of your hand. You're just constantly scrolling and scrolling. And, and that's because you, you never relax. You never Come to a place of rest, and and that's why you're agitated, that's why you're anxious, that's why you're wound up like a clock. And your kid comes over to ask you something, you're like, you explode. In your job, they ask you a question, you're like, oh, you know, you know why you're just wound up, you're not relaxed. You know, one of the best things you can do is go back and learn to read. Let me say this, they call them smartphones to make you feel better. And yes, the phone might be smart, but this phone will make you stupid. You know, there was a time I used to drive all around the city, you know, for my job. And you'd be working out in your head, okay, I'll turn left there and I'll turn right there. Now you're like, tell me where to go, oh master. I will follow you wherever you go, Google Maps. I'm just saying. I mean, people don't. Lie. How many of you remember the time when you'd know people's phone numbers? I remember Jill's number. I was single. I won't say it. I knew her landline. I could I could give it to you backwards. I could I could I could say it in French. I was just. <laughs> there's actually going to have to be a sixth part to this I just I haven't even got through the introduction but there you go the best laid plans sometimes don't be afraid only believe don't be afraid only believe if you walk out today remembering nothing else remember that don't be afraid only believe don't give place to fear don't give place to fear don't give place to it in your thinking, in your talking, in any year of your life. Resist fear. The devil is a liar. Don't be afraid. Only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, saw a tumult in those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? This child is not dead, but sleeping. You know, Jesus refused to give place to death. He refused to honor death. He refused to acknowledge death. He said, this child's not dead. She's sleeping. The child was dead. But you know what? Nothing is impossible with God. Remember that. Nothing's impossible with God. Your, your dreams may look like they are dead. Your destiny may look like it's dead. Your marriage may look like it's dead. But you know what? God can turn things around in just one moment. And it says, and they ridiculed him. You need to know who your friends are. These people were not this man's friends. Amazing. One minute they're weeping. Next minute they're laughing at Jesus. I'm not sure that their grief was genuine. You need to, and I'm going to deal with it next week. If you want to fulfill your destiny, you need to be discerning about the company you keep. You need to be discerning about your friends, about your habits, about what you're watching. You certainly need to be discerning about what the church you go to. If you go to a place that's just putting you to sleep, That's not a good place to be. You need to be somewhere where your faith is going to be stirred. Amen. Because we're going to need our faith in the days to come. I will tell you that. We will need our faith in the days to come. If your faith is in your employer and what you have, listen, we need to have faith in God and and, uh, keep our eyes on God. And anyway, it says, they ridiculed him, but he put them outside. I like Jesus' style. Get these Muppets out of here. He put them all outside. If you want to fulfill your destiny, you're going to have to put some things outside. You're going to have to learn, like the Bible says, casting down imaginations. Negative thoughts that are coming against you. Tormenting thoughts, lying thoughts, feelings. Pastor, I feel so afraid, so what? We all feel fear at times. Fear is just a feeling, but you don't have to give place to it. The Bible says, neither give place to the devil. Some people allow fear to actually define them. All they talk about, oh, my mental health, and I'm, I'm this, and I'm that, and I have this, and they love speaking those long-sounding words the doctor gave them. You need to just rebuke that thing because it's a devil. It might have a scientific name, but it has a spiritual source. Tell that, tell that guy, to take the, hit the road, Jack. In Jesus' name, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to allow you to destroy my life. And I'm not going to allow you to define who I am, where I can go, and what I can do. You have no power over me. I have been redeemed. Come on, give a shout of praise. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You've been redeemed. Depression has no right To rule you. That sickness has no right to be in your body. Those tormenting thoughts have no right to be in your mind. You have been redeemed, but you need to say so. You need to release your faith through the words you speak. Begin to speak words of faith. Quit complaining about, I don't feel so good. Uh, Quit complaining about, nobody understands me. Listen, nobody cares, but he does. Amen. Use your voice. Use your voice to express your faith. Begin to declare who you are and what you have by faith. Begin to declare, you know what? I'm more than a conqueror to Christ who gives me strength. Glory to God. Amen hallelujah, we need to change our confession. Some of you are talking more about George Soros and Bill Gates and everybody else. You need to start talking about Jesus. Glory to God, Jesus is my Lord. He is the author. He is the finisher of my faith. He's began this thing. He's going to finish it. Glory to God. Jesus is my Lord. Begin to declare hallelujah, greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I'm the head. I'm not the tail. I'm a blessed man. I'm a blessed woman. God is with me. And if God is with me, who can be against me? Glory to God. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus comes to this situation that looks utterly hopeless. He puts them out. He he deals with the unbelief. He deals with the negativity. Let me say this. You cannot watch... The mainstream media every day and all of the negativity that's being pumped out there and have a joyful attitude to life. You will be full of fear. There's a reason why they call it programming. You know that RTE uh, every summer, they announce their autumn programming. You see, I tuned out of that stuff 20 years ago. And that's why there are people who would have taught and believed the same way as me 20 years ago. Today, they think it's completely normal. Why? They've been programmed because they're watching that rubbish night in and night out you're being programmed this isn't about conspiracy theories people use that term to dismiss anything that questions you know the narrative but you know what we need to be people that are in the word of God I'm telling you I'm reading the word of God like never before you know I I travel with men you know that, that have done things for God many of them are dead for for years but I read their books and by reading their books it just stirs my faith And and this is what we need to start being discerning about what we are allowing into our life. Because again, what you're allowing into your life can actually be killing your destiny. It can be filling you with unbelief. It can be filling you with fear when God wants to do great things. I do not want to stand before the Lord in eternity and he say, John, you did this and I wanted to do that. You know, the Bible says God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. I wonder in eternity, are those tears, tears of regret, when people suddenly see what God would have done in their life if only they would have just believed Him. If only they would have learned to just tune out all of the rubbish and all of the lies and all of the deception and just get into the Word, get into church, get faithful, come with an attitude of of hearing and, and wanting to put into practice what you hear. I don't want to stand before the Lord in eternity. And just have tears of regret. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, "Tilitha, come I, which is translated to you, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it, and said that something should be given to her to eat. Jesus didn't do this to advertise his ministry or to come across as some great he didn't even want people to t- tell about it because he had his focus was on going to the cross and uh, but I think it's so beautiful that the Lord you know was willing to go with this man and and minister to his child and and speak life where there was death and and again like I said some of you you may be looking at your dream you may be looking at your life and it looks like a corpse it's lifeless it's dead you know the dream is over so to speak but you know what? one word from the Lord and he can bring a resurrection. One word from him. And he can bring change. You know the amplified verse 36. Is absolutely crucial. You know what was crucial to the miracle. When Jesus turned to the man. And when he heard the worst thing he could have heard. Which was that his daughter was dead. And there's times in life when we will hear a negative verdict. Okay. There's times when we will see a negative situation. We, and, and we may feel powerless. We may feel hopeless. It, it might look like it's the end. But remember Jesus said do not be afraid only believe you know the amplified says this overhearing but ignoring what they said jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear only keep on believing as the worship group come forward overhearing but ignoring there are some things in life you won't be able to help hearing There are some things in life you won't be able to help experiencing or seeing or coming across. But you know what? I believe the key to us stepping into our destiny is knowing what to ignore. Because like I said, there are people who will say things about you. There will be labels that will be placed upon you. There will be times when even just by virtue of our actions, we will feel that we are utterly disqualified just like Peter but that's why the lord said tell his disciples including peter and so if you stand to your feet today i want you to know this you are included in god's plans god has a plan he has a purpose he has a destiny that includes you you are included in god's plans you are loved the Bible says that god so loved the world that he gave his only son you see the cross is testament to how God loves us, how God values us, and how God has a purpose for us. Do you know that God has a purpose for your life? Whatever your head bowed, every eye closed, for one moment, I just wanna give you an opportunity. If you never accepted Jesus Christ as your savior, you might say that was wonderful t- today just hearing about you know how I matter to God and how God has a destiny, but you know what? God has a destiny for you. And he will do great things in your life. But you must know this. He has given you a free will. And you can accept his plan. Or like so many other multitudes of people, you can reject it. And tragically, tragically, every day, there are men and women who enter a Christless eternity. Men and women who have, whether knowingly or unknowingly, rejected the plan that God has for their lives. And I want to ask you today, do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Do you have that assurance that heaven is your home and Jesus is your Lord? Because life is too short and eternity is too long to play games with God. I often wonder, I often wonder in eternity, will there be people who will look back And see that pride stopped them. Pride stopped them from surrendering to Christ. Pride stopped them from responding to the call. Because in your heart you know. You know God has called you. And he's called you to more than just simply going through the motions. Of saying I'm Catholic or Protestant or Presbyterian or anything else. He's called you to know him. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? If you don't, I want to give you an opportunity to receive him right now. Because you have this moment. You do not know if you will have another opportunity. Jesus died for you on the cross. And the love that he demonstrated on the cross is love that demands a response. A simple yes or no So if you do not know Jesus as your Savior, if you don't have that assurance that if you were to leave this planet today that you would go to heaven, you can. You can have that assurance. You can have that blessed hope. The Bible says which is an anchor for our soul because the days coming may become increasingly uncertain and unstable. I hope and pray they don't, but they quite possibly will. But I know this. If you know Jesus, you have an anchor that will keep you in the darkest night and in the worst of storms. This hope we have is an anchor for our soul. I want to ask you today, are you anchored in Christ? Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Do you have that assurance that you have been born again, that you are saved, and that you are right in God's sight? If you don't, I want to give you an opportunity right now. Just put your hand up. If you want to receive Jesus as your Savior, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, just put your hand up high, and I'm going to pray for you today. Don't miss this moment. God bless you, sir. I see that hand. Is there anybody else today? You're ready to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is a gift, but you must respond to that gift by saying yes to Jesus. Is there anybody here today, in your heart, you know you're not right with God, but you want to be saved. You want to accept Him as your Savior. You want to step into the destiny He has for you. Put your hand up high, and I'm going to pray for you today as well. Is there anybody else? Don't let pride cause you to miss your moment. Don't sit there saying, I I would like to, but I don't want people to see me. This isn't about embarrassing you. This is about you simply responding and saying yes to Jesus Christ. Is there anybody else today? Just put your hand up high. If you want to accept Jesus as your Savior. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. There is no more important issue than the issue of your salvation. You know, so many times people come up afterwards and say, Oh, Pastor, I was embarrassed. was embarrassed and want to put my hand up. Let me say this. Jesus was not embarrassed to hang naked on a cross before a world that mocked him. But he hung there in my place and he hung there in yours so you could know him. So before we pray, is there anybody else today you want to give your life to Jesus Christ? Praise God. Or could that man who put your hand up just come down here. I want to pray a prayer with you today. Amen. Give him encouragement as he comes. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you, sir. Amen. Just just pray this simple prayer. Say, Lord Jesus Christ. I believe in my heart. That you were born of a virgin. That you lived a perfect life. That you lived a perfect life. And that when you died on the cross, you died in my place. You died in my place. Bearing my sin and shame. Bearing my sin and shame. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus Christ. Come into my Lord Jesus Christ. And forgive me of my sins. I accept, you as my Lord and I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, Thank you, Jesus for, saving me. for saving me. Amen. Lord, I just bless this man in Jesus' name. Bless him, Lord. Bless him. Bless him, bless him with your peace. Bless him with your presence. You his heart. I pray in Jesus' name. I want to know you Lord. Help him to become established with you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Bless this man in Jesus' name. I pray. With your presence, for the Holy Spirit of God, fill this man with overflow in the name of Jesus Christ. Bless in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Hallelujah. So, we're going to finish this message next week. But know this today. We're going to finish with a song. But before we finish, I just want you to know you're loved. God has a purpose. God has a purpose. Even when we don't understand, God does. Even when no one else cares, God does. He has a plan. Could you just lift your hands to the Lord? Father, we love you. And we thank you for loving us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God. Just... Just, just pray with me right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for your plan. That you have a destiny for my life. I'm not an accident. I am loved. I am called. I am cleansed. You know the way forward. I refuse to be afraid. Lord I refuse to be afraid fear you hear me I give you no place you have no place in me I was not given a spirit of fear but when a power love and a sound mind I reject fear I choose faith I choose to believe I believe you Lord your plan will come to pass in Jesus name I am your-